Welcome to Female Inner Power, the podcast for women who don't want to choose between work success and life happiness. I'm your host, Nomi Melkyonatan, leadership coach and courage catalyst. Each week, I will share a refreshingly honest conversation about how to trust your intuition, lead from female power in male-dominated spaces, and inspire you to be a more confident force for good in the world. Are you ready? Welcome, welcome to Female Inner Power. Today's conversation is with Katrin Nusser, or Kanu, as everyone calls her. I loved several things about this conversation. One of them is how Kanu talks about decision making and how she finds confidence in making decisions and how she doesn't spend time second guessing or worrying about them. I think that's incredibly important and very interesting to hear from someone who holds the role of CFO, Chief Financial Officer. Canoe describes herself as a digital native and loves to use figures together with her team to create transparency in agile and innovative companies and to derive appropriate measures from them. She joined GSG in March of 2022 as the CFO, and she started her career at Scout24 before joining the West Wing Group as head of corporate finance in 2015, and then moving on as chief financial officer and managing director of Flag. Coney in 2017. After finding herself close to 40 with no partner, Kanu made the decision to become a solo parent while continuing her successful career. And she says that for her, it's about having everything that matters to you. It never occurred to her to choose. I love also the anecdote she talks about where her son was ill and how she ended up bringing him to a meeting. There's so many beautiful nuggets in how Canoe shares her approach to having everything that matters to her, having a wildly successful career, being who she is, and actually loving being the only woman in the room often. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Before we dive in, let's take a breath. And let's get to the conversation. Welcome, welcome to the Female Inner Power podcast. Hi, Naomi. Looking forward, right, uh, to meeting you. I know we took us a few attempts, right, to make it happen, but there we finally are. And as you said, like good things take time. This is waiting for. <laughs> yes, yes, we did have both of us being ill and internet disruptions planned and all kinds of interesting things, um, and we're here. And we're here and this is this is like the reality of a real life, which I know is very much what I think we'll be talking about today, this piece of um, perfectionism, what we're going for, but we're looking at how can we have all the things we want. And I, I wondered whether you'd start by just sharing, you know, where do you live, where are you, but what's your work and your personal life looking like at the moment? I came back from Berlin um, a year ago, now based in Munich, um, because I moved for like my new current dream job, right? Um, being the group CFO of Global Savings Group, that's an affiliate marketing company in the rewards area. Um, and um, personally, um, I'm also like coming back to where I came from, right? So my um, parents and my study time is everything around Munich. Um, and also coming back as a mom, right? Um, having a two-year-old son um, in a package with my dream job mm. and you deliberately chose to have a solo mom experience as well as a very big important role Yes. So um, how did that happen right um, and it's funny that we talk about this because I talked about it um, on a workshop that we had a few days ago um, with the team at my company. Um, I think one part of me, um, I when I grew up, my dad worked for the army and we moved a lot, right, when I was a kid. Um, and that always means you have new friends, um, you have new teachers, new school, um, and all of that can be a bit scary um, when you are a little kid. 
Um, but I have my family around me that somehow gave me um, the power for all the challenges out there. And somehow, therefore, little can we experience that is actually quite nice to be like out of the comfort zone. It's also fun. And, and that also probably comes to the point like deciding on the solo moms thing is um, when I was close to 40, I realized, okay, there is something in me that says I want to be a mom. But right, but Mr. Wright didn't show up yet, right? Maybe he comes around the corner, maybe not. I have a very um, um, big circle of friends. Um, but then the point was coming, okay, but if he just comes around in 10 years, maybe I cannot be a mom. And therefore I decided I did not want to miss out on that experience, right? Because I could somehow imagine myself being a mom and like also somehow curious, right? How would you find maybe a little piece of yourself in somebody else and how... Uh, things like that and therefore I was asking myself am I feeling um, comfortable enough like to say that this could also be a trip on my own um, and that um, I felt comfortable about right um, and therefore I decided for being a solo mom um, and um, then this is like how Louis is there with the two years and on the other hand um, I love my job, right? I always loved my job and what I'm doing. And I also like, I had in my ears people saying, yeah, you can only be like a super nice mom if you like also like feeling happy um, by yourself. And I think it just clicked with me actually when I returned um, to my job after my um, maternity leave, I went back to my job already eight weeks um, after Louis was born. I have like a nanny looking after him. Like I always had like a super nice support system somehow like my parents were when I was a little kid. Um, um, and I then realized a, a thing that happened to me um, that motherhood made me super insecure, right? The first eight weeks I experienced like probably what most of the moms experience, right? Yeah, you, you, you don't know, are you doing it right? Are you the one that like can him back to sleep, right? Is it is it too warm? Is it too hot? Is he having too much clothes, too much? Was it enough milk, less milk? Like, some things that never happened to me in my life before, right? I was always a very decisive person, right? And I knew what is right and what's wrong and not afraid of taking decisions, but like motherhood in that moment that like completely overwhelmed me. And the moment I came back to my job, I realized a crazy thing. I realized that in my job, I'm somehow in my comfort zone, right? I know what to do and how to do with things and get to a solution and drive it. And therefore, it gave me a lot of energy, like to go back to the part where I know I'm out of my comfort zone nearly every day, because you don't know what challenges you're encouraging there. And therefore, I'm right now experiencing, like also in a new job, that I sometimes say it's a yin and yang. Sometimes it's like that my job gives me a lot of energy for being the mom that I want to be. But sometimes it's also him and being a mom that gives me a lot of energy, like to the things that I bring to my teams or to my work. Therefore, I can only say I love that decision, right, um, that I took to go both ways. I don't have the feeling I'm like missing out. Obviously, there are compromises I have to make. But until now, I'm just saying I do not have the feeling that I'm like doing hard compromises where I'm thinking, OK, I'm missing on big things out or anything. Yeah. That's so interesting how I mean I, I totally agree with you also as a mom that that first period and I, I that bit of like oh, gosh am I gonna kill the baby I mean that's mm -hmm. what I felt like the first year with my first one was like Ooh. second one you're like oh they actually can handle quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> like, but there is that constant insecurity I also think there's a very real hormonal ride that we go mm -hmm. on where you know like the brain is just different. Your brain chemistry is different. Your wiring is different. Mm -hmm. There's someone that has, I mean, it's an amazing ride, right? To be pregnant and to give birth. And so that whole experience changes us. And I do remember myself having a crisis of confidence. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember saying to my husband, I don't know if I can do anything anymore. I don't know if I know anything. And he said, well, your talents and your experience didn't disappear just because you had a had a baby. And I, to be honest, I often talk about this also with clients that, maybe haven't had children but that have gone on sick leave because they were stressed or because you know something happened in their life or they had to experience grief or something that bit of that when we have an intense experience we somehow we have such short-term memory for our own capabilities and our own confidence that if it disappears for a moment we go like I know nothing I don't know if I can do anything yeah. <laughs> and it's that yeah. bit of okay just because it's not there for a moment 
and, and in fact, like you said, actually, you came back and you're like, gosh, I'm in my comfort zone with my work, which is so interesting <laughs> that the group CFO role, it's like, hey, that's my comfort zone. Yeah, maybe that's the reason why I then changed the job at one point, right? Like, so like, like having like the feeling, okay, you are in the comfort zone is then the thing that is like triggering the other thing. And that is actually something that maybe also like I can point out um, to people listening, right? Like, like I like to be out of the comfort zone, right? And I like to take those decisions for being out of the comfort zone. But obviously the day before I'm out of the comfort zone, I'm super scared, right? I remember I did go after university um, or before university, um, as an au pair to Australia, right? And I cried the whole flight, right? The whole flight, the decision taking it and going there and then afterwards being there and experience were perfect. But like the flight, I just like cried. And like, there is this moment where actually it is a bit scary, right? Because like, you know, your habitat, you know everything. And then you decide to go out, but it's worth it. It's so worth it to like take that jump, right? For everything that is then happening afterwards, Right. So that's that's like what I like experienced in my life that I never had the feeling I want to go back. Right. It was like always like in this moment, you actually say, OK, today, next day, a new day of walking. Do I really want to go or not? Right. You would like rather to chip out, but you cannot. And then after the first day, you are already, oh, my God, best decision ever. Super cool. Right. So like that is just like what I want to encourage. Right. To like go those little steps of craziness and like scariness. So it sounds like part of your your secret sauce for the life you're living is being decisive, uh, saying yes to things that are out of your comfort zone, kind of enjoying actually very quickly to be out of the the comfort zone and um, and and loving that challenge of that. Yes, um, and I think it's also like partly there's the saying like okay, this is like where the magic happens, and it actually is right because. I very much glow, believe in like lifelong growing, right? That there's always something to learn on that one. And I have the feeling that I usually take those opportunities like to go out of the comfort zone where I have the feeling I need like another learning experience, right? Or want to get like um, closer to a new experience, right? And then take those steps, right? And because there's nothing more interesting than like having different people around it or having a different experience, right? Or like, um, seeing different cities right um, so I think that's also something that probably you have experienced in your life right you go somewhere completely different and then like it, it, immediately it starts like blowing in your head what what all could happen right absolutely I, I wonder whether you'd be okay if digging into a little bit about your decisiveness mm -hmm. and your decision making abilities because it sounds like that's something like you said that's been quite natural mm -hmm. for you and comes mm -hmm. easy um, and I always think it's fascinating there are so many people that find making decisions really tricky and they get paralyzed and they get stuck since it's come natural to you you might not know what helps you but how do you what helps you be clear? What helps you be faster decision-making? What helps mm -hmm. you be confident in decision-making? Um, um, what I think like um, is one element of it that I like try to be transparent towards others why I took that decision, right? So like that's, that somehow can now relate to like how I came to that decision, which in most cases then is somehow also somehow reconfirming the decision that you took. Um, but that also gives you somehow the chance to maybe revisit a decision, right? When like one of your points you had on your list is like turning out differently, you're saying, hey, okay, um, you know, I took the decision for this, this and this reason, but it turns out the reason is wrong and therefore I like try to revisit um, the decision. And I think that's probably a, a thing like working in finance, right? I'm a, not a neurosurgeon, right? Like my decisions can be returned and reversed, right? And um, that, that's probably on the job side that I was never afraid of a decision because like actually my feeling was always that like um, not taking a decision, right? Would block me and others more than maybe one on another time taking a wrong decision, right? And that is um, what I can share, like just like have the courage like for taking the decision and maybe... You even can feel, uh, share your insecurity about a decision, right? Saying, hey, right now I don't know, but I think we need to move on. And therefore, I think we take that decision, right? It's not that it means taking a decision. You are like, know the holy grail and everything needs to be like, it's for me, it's a conclusion. It's a logical next step um, that you need to take to move on, right? Otherwise, you you stay in the same momentum. 
So it sounds like it's the, I'd rather get a wrong decision than staying stuck and not making a decision. That kind of mantra yes. helps you. Yes, absolutely. Right. And probably also the feeling that I, I uh, once a friend of mine said to me um, that there's never a wrong decision, right? You just moan about those decisions you didn't take. Right. Mm. And, and, and looking back, that's actually like when I would look at my life, yeah, I, there's not a decision that I would regret. There are probably some decisions I didn't do that I regret. Right. So um, that is probably also a mantra that I, that I like very much on that one. Well, it's interesting to hear you say, well, I'm a, you know, I'm in finance, so you can make wrong decisions. Cause I think a lot of people would go like, well, in finance, you got to get it right. <laughs> Did you ever get it wrong when it had you know some consequences yes. and you had to so, so like obviously right that is like what happens because you always only do it to the best in your knowledge right and then you find out like a month later that it was like the different knowledge and then you need to adjust for that so my learning out of that one is also transparency right like to give like the other side when you did a mistake right and maybe like you reported the wrong number um to as soon as possible inform other people around this mistake don't beat around the bush but like be very open and um, that a mistake happened right and also like take somehow the accountability um for the mistake that happened um and then have in most cases i always try to have like the solution in place right to say like okay this is what happened this is how we will fix it and this will be the consequence of it and this is what we do in the future to ensure that we will not do those mistakes again right so um, I think also there it helps that you have like more the feeling that everybody is in one boat instead of thinking yeah you are on your own so I mean it, it feels like you have some very healthy beliefs in your mind like the bit about it's better to take a decision and get it wrong but at least we took a decision move it on and that bit of we're all in the same we're all in the same boat does that always feel true or you do you tell yourself even if you feel like people are skeptical or they're giving you a hard time do you always tell yourself this I, I always tell myself that but I also have to say that like in my work experience that I had until now it also always worked right like there were always those moments like especially when you are in a new job and you don't know how trust relations are working and like um how things are like that are picked up but then you find it out quite easily right how this works and actually that's also an advice for people that are looking for new jobs right if you um i'm a person like me that has those beliefs right um it's something that i obviously already check in the interview right if like um i'm finding a work environment that um can somehow fit to how i'm ticking right is this a company that can live with somebody that takes decisions and maybe then like has to like readjust the decision is this a person um that is like seeing mistakes as failures or rather on like things that just happen on speed that you want to deliver right that's something that I try in my interviews or in journeys when you have them right um to find out on the other side and that's probably because um along my jobs I always had the feeling like from the first day I took like the right decision probably also because the other side was very open in like expectation management right there have been a lot of things where I were in interviews and then at one point I realized okay somehow we are ticking differently and I I also there like I actively use the interviews I'm not I'm not only there to somehow promote myself they also somehow need to promote themselves to me right and therefore like I'm also like ticking the boxes that I want to have for work environment for example for my new job I was very transparent I'm a mom I'm a solo mom and that basically means I'm there from nine to five, right? Then it is with him. And when he's in bed, I'm catching up on the stuff that I have maybe missed out or is still open. But um, if it is not super, super urgent, I try to have nothing between five and eight, right? Because he's like he's like a boy who's like not fine with being mom on the phone or like still having a call and just watching and being silent. And um, he wants the attention of his mom in that time. And then actually also something that I learned to enjoy that, having those three hours where I fully need to reconnect right after like you have been at work everything that you have time box your meetings and then you have three hours where there is a little person that is just fully focused on uh, on um, himself right that like needs the full attention or also wants it and that even like sometimes give me the time to reflect on like things that I did during work and 
maybe I have the feeling I'm sometimes even faster than with like some emails that I do later or anything because I had the time to somehow reflect and already somehow digest it in my brain, right? So I also use that as a filter then. Mm. Yeah, there was a time where you took your son to work, right? For a leadership meeting in the middle yeah. of the meeting. Yeah, but like that that actually also like a funny story on that one, right? Because it happened that like my nanny contacted me and, and it was around like midday that she said she's not feeling well, right? I was in a workshop. It was a three-day leadership workshop. So every leadership also around the world was there. And um, I read her message and I it was not me presenting at the time. And I remember that I like in that moment said, okay, let's think what we do, right? And actually the first option that came to my mind was, okay, I go home, um, I grab him, I come back um, and we have a break at two and I do that in the break and then we can join. The options I did not think of was, um, I go home and stop and then I do it. I did also not think of the option, okay, she just has to power through and like be sick with him. Um, and um, But the other funny thing is it was not also only, none of the other one was an option for me. I also didn't leave the other ones the options, right? Because like when the presentation was open, I said, hey, hey guys, so, um, and it's actually only males, right? So um, I said, um, so I need to um, drop out here. I need to go home. My nanny is sick. I will pick him up and um, come back when the break is over and then continue the meeting. Um, and I remember that like the CEO of the company said, yeah, but like, can we request something? You can just stay home. But like, I immediately knew I would have felt left out. Right. Because like I was there for the other two days, I wanted to be like for the other three hours and then not continuing until the end, I would have felt left out. And but like I did not until specificate that maybe them would feel awkward. Right. With having like a little one in the room with some playing stuff and everything. I I didn't <laughs> that even came to my mind. And therefore, I brought him, I we sat in the corner, so he was a bit like protected because at that point he was a bit shy and he didn't want to have like tons of people looking at him. How old but was then he? There he was like one and a half, right? Mm -hmm. I had some toys and some books. Um, he was like, he found a trolley of like one of them who was traveling to the UK. He like loved putting the trolley around. And <laughs> at that at that point, um, we, we as a company had decided um, it was like clearly at the beginning of the Ukraine Ukraine war um, that in our office we had like people from the Ukraine in the meetings rooms um, were living there as refugees therefore we had some toys in the office right because there was kids and from time to time one of my C-level colleagues would drop out go out grab a toy from outside bring it inside and somehow also started to play with him so everybody somehow enjoyed to have maybe also the part of distraction in there the only negative thing that happened is like we also had like people over the over the um, screen mm -hmm. and obviously for them noise wise it gets hard having a little one on a bobby car going around in a meeting room <laughs> and the other ones going to talk right but like actually uh, in the end right I'm happy that I did not think about all the other options and also not think about if I could like it could be a bad feeling for the other ones because I'm actually a very empathetic person. And if in that moment I would have thought, oh, maybe I'm like disturbing the other ones, I probably have, would have done that differently. But somehow my brain did not leave this option open, right, in that moment. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's almost like, I mean, so many women will say they're overthinkers. <clears throat> and it's almost like your ability to make fast decisions save you some of that overthinking because then you're just yeah, in the situation <laughs> and then uh, now I've got to make it work. Yes, completely right. Because like maybe that that ability is like blocking away those like um, I don't know like there is a science on it, right? Like to like block away the things like where you start overthinking. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is a combination out of that, right? Um, yeah, I do think that's beautiful because <clears throat> what we often do, we're like, okay, we'll be overthink and overthink and overthink. And, and then lots of time and pass and then new information comes in. It's like, okay, well, now I have to reconsider. And I just love how, I mean, what, what strikes me about you is that you seem very clear about what matters to you and what your priorities are. And then it doesn't occur to you that you'd have to choose between any of it. You're like, mm -hmm. here's everything that matters to me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to have everything that matters to me. Yes, probably that part and the other 
other part is also like when I like um, compare myself sometimes to like some friends that I'm having, I'm like a person that like likes to watch in the future, right? Like I'm like always like forward looking, right? I'm like very rarely looking back right very rarely I like like I have friends that would say hey university was great right and I would love to be back there the experiences and I would think okay it was great but I missed this this and this and I'm super happy that I continued growing and like things happened afterwards um, and maybe that's also a component of that right because like you are actually more um, I'm a person that is actually more living in the future and like the things that are ahead of me then I would think about, um, but also I think that like women tend to do like sending an email and then you're rethinking, um, did I phrase it correctly? What did anybody respond? Should, should I respond? And like I sent the email, the email is sent, right? And whatever was not wrong or right about it will happen like maybe in the next days, but nothing I have to carry over at my bedtime and then not cannot going to sleep or anything, right? Um, maybe that's also the reason why I'm a very good sleeper right I'm yeah. actually one of this person that like if there would not be my son I would go to bed and I would wake up in the morning there would be, happen nothing in between right really nice and this sounds like this is not learned behavior it's always been like this yeah I, I think it's always been like that I cannot yeah. remember yeah. that I like that that there was a learning curve on that I actually I remember that um like as a kid right I was like a bit chubby right and like and and but even so I never made the experience of somehow being bullied right like in in Germany we call it like Klassensprecher right that's the person that you vote for that is somehow speaking for the vote so so somehow there was something naturally to me that like people would anticipate ah yeah it's she can be the classmensprecher. She's she's the the one like the right. class rep, like <laughs> yes. the class rep that they can speak on behalf of the yes, class. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yes. So so there was a natural leadership quality about you, but I do think yeah. if you make decisions fast, I mean the energy, and this has really become clear to me in the last few years. Like the energy of success is fast because the mm -hmm. world. I mean, and the world just moves faster and faster than ever. You also working in fields of digital, etc. I mean, it just mm -hmm. works moves fast, and if you don't make decisions, you're for sure not le leading. Yeah, but like um, I think, uh, Nomi, it's like also it's a it's a composition of teams, right? Because if you only have like people in one team that take decision fast, right, and like go on the energy, you are missing out on the creative part, right? That's also an experience I made in in my leadership career, where um, in my former company we were a leadership team um, of of three, and like two of us were like very much on like very structured and taking decisions, ticking the boxes and everything, and one was more like hardly on the creative side, and like what happened to us in the group was like sometimes we had an agenda with like three points, and then we take one, we take two, we are the three, and then he would say. Eh, um, can we sort can we go back to one because like I think that we consider everything and obviously the two of us like that over ticking the boxes we're like <laughs> sorry we're at three why should we go back to one right but actually whenever when we did that there were also like great things that came out of that so I think it, it in the end like it's probably like the composition of teams that you probably need both and you cannot only have one right so I don't even want to somehow um value right what's better or not right because probably you need both right because it's like beautiful. if i have sometimes people that say hey do you really think we are already at the stage we would take a decision or should we maybe sleep over it and we take it tomorrow i would probably say yeah okay we can do that right i would not have a problem right now but maybe like tomorrow we even have like an additional insight right so i think it's it's still something that um at least in companies and in teams like and i also see that in partnership that you somehow need like to that it somehow resonates right absolutely i mean and i, I do think that that is a risk when people hire that they we like people mm -hmm. that are like ourselves and then we hire lots of mini me's and it's like oh we all have yeah. the same blind spot <laughs> that's a problem yes, and, and to be honest right it's like for for yourself it's super hard right to hold up the flag for for this um i call it diversity of thinking because like for a person that like likes to tick the boxes and do everything super structured, that's super stressful, right? Because like there's somebody coming from a completely different angle. When you sometimes have the feeling you're discussing, you're thinking like, are we from two different planets, right? But it just shows the same as like the diversity science, I think around like diversified teams, that the more diverse you are, and I'm a believer that diversity is more than like women and men, right? It's like 
different age groups, different culture, but also different ways of thinking, the result in the end is just better. Yeah. yeah. I had a client who said that he realized that the importance of diversity of thinking. And so he started um, thinking, okay, well, in my team, no one challenges. We all, too, you know, we think too much the same and we're ingrained and this is just how it's done in our field. And so he invited people from outside his immediate team into the meetings and they didn't challenge. And he was like, he had to go fill out. And so he kept like figuring out like, how can I invite someone who's so alien to my world that they will ask maybe questions that will seem stupid or odd or whatever, but they will see something different and ask a question that is different and come with a different point of view. Cause he was really like, if we don't have different points of view, how are we growing or what are we missing here? Yes, um, absolutely. Right. And like, also like only then you become aware of your biases, right? Cause like, if you always paddle in your own pool, right. You, you, you have no, no transparency on that. Right? Yeah. Was there a time in your career where you felt like you'd lost your power you were insecure about your your personal power I I think it was like at one point right where I like um I was super stressed out at work and it like was like just more and like it was like one of my first leadership positions right where like I tried to make like everything work right and I had the feeling that like work was not taking only like Monday to Friday but also like Saturday and Sunday like but then um, I remember that, and I also had the feeling it's never ending and where is it going? And then you feel like just energy is draining. And then you also feel that somehow your inner power is like somehow going down, right? So like you cannot take then good decisions and you do not feel great when you come out of work, right? You just feel like you, you would be like in a wheel and it's constantly going the same. But I also remember that there, um, my, my boss um, then told me one thing, um, she said to me, um, Kanu, you have to watch out that you don't become the busy bee. And then I said to her, I said, what do you mean by that? And she said, yeah, you are like the type of person that is like magnet wise, like, like attracting a lot of topics. And then you always like want to make them properly and nice and good, right? But you also have to aim for like, what is like the next step for you? What is like what you have had for you? Otherwise, you at one point are in danger of like being the busy bee for somebody else and somebody else likes to have you as a busy bee, right? And therefore you forget about like what are the next steps and the steps coming ahead. And what I did together with her was basically that I drafted something that I had in my mind being like my, okay, this is like what I would like to achieve in the next two, five to 10 years and not like specifically on like what what job or like it was like more my profile right at that point I was for the first time in a VP finance position and then I was like okay so what would the next step be right do I want to go broader in the finance do I like want to go another step and out of that came actually that I said okay I, I love to be in finance and I love to be in the digital field but I haven't seen all the business models that I out there right in finance and therefore I said okay the next step is not a step where I go like hierarchical wise like already one step ahead but like I want to go one step aside because I think it makes my profile just bigger for like what I assume needs to be my profile what I want to have like in five to ten years and that's actually something that I um continue doing right in like planning like um in a ahead because I also believe in the topic of like what we call self-confirmation, right? The more I, I see myself in that shoes in 10 years, the higher are the chances that I will really end up in that at one point, right? I'm like drafting it more than an objective. Then so like, it's also easier to somehow like get to it. And like, I also have the feeling I'm never getting to it because I'm already having a new one when I'm probably there, right? But it also sometimes helps me to to like navigate in those situations where you think you are losing somehow your energy because you have somehow your north star um, that is somehow your motivation and that. It sounds like that lesson was very much about what should you don't just become a doer, but also mm -hmm. that you're always learning and growing. Yes, exactly. I mean, more than just like, how do I get exactly. promoted? It was like, you, your aim is not to, to get promoted. That's sort of the side effect of, I want to keep learning and growing mm -hmm. and not just do 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 and do something yes. that i already know yes exactly 
I, I think that's 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 very much in a nutshell, right? Like it's like what is out there that you like want to continue grow and shape and maybe on the way also shape yourself and learn about yourself, right? Yeah. I remember you saying when we spoke the very first time, you said um that it's great for women to sort of push their gender around you know, parenthood and work and how to make that flexible. I think a lot of women are like, why is it always us that have to do it? Why aren't the men doing it? But I, I remember you saying something about like, well, it, it's easier perhaps for the women. I wonder whether you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, what I'm thinking like, um, there's always this discussion like, and there's also like sometimes one questionnaire about, are you in your team always the one thinking about the birthdays, right? Um, and in most cases, it is like the women doing that. But like I'm somehow also having the feeling, yes, but I don't do this because it's an obligation. I do this because like I care, right? And and therefore I would also not want to stop me just because I think the guy can also do it, right? Like I'm not caring about that one, like and therefore I would find it somehow unnatural, right? Like to take me away from those topics where 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 other would say, hey, but you always need to do the woman, but I cannot, right? It's like also like in in the companies that I work with, I'm always not only responsible for CFO and therefore finance, I'm also responsible for people and culture. And maybe that is like somehow also like that where, where I'm somehow, you see there are somehow two things that, that come with me, right? That one is like somehow like looking out for the people and want to care, but also not in a way of like, holding them down or like in a way like more letting them grow and also like on a company level but obviously being on the other hand a very structured and focused person that knows okay that you have to take those those and those boxes right to go also this this thing going because like we had like um, workshops on company and values and like i know that like, a lot of people saying yeah but it's that's always la la right so like but like when you then attribute it to like the things that you want to achieve and the boxes that you want to tick with it, it's like, it is no longer la la, right? Because like then it it has an objective and it has a meaning. And this is like also when you're saying, okay, like there are the things that like maybe you are the woman are doing, but like actually you are like the, you're taking the emotional burden of that one. Um, I tend to like, I tend to do those things where I like get my positivity out, right? But like, on those things where I, I know like, okay, I'm not good at it and I don't get the positivity out. I let it do somebody else, but it's not especially that I separate that by like, is it male or is it woman, right? Um, and I'm also seeing that in some parts, I also in my past really enjoyed being the only woman in the room, right? Um, there were discussions on budgets, right? Where um, I was the one presenting and the rest of the room were men. And the experience that I made is that actually you are very much focused on the result, right? That comes out of it. And like you discussed on a rational level where it's going. And there have been um, meetings where like before all the other guys would tell me, hey, Kanu, just be prepared for the meeting. Like he will completely freak out. If you see that, he will yell at you, blah, blah, blah. None of that happened. Right, I never experienced that. That that would happen. Also, in the male, male, male calls, somehow this is happening, and I think it's not happening not because they are so um, shying away from it because we're women and they want to be nice. I think it's because they don't have to measure up with me. I think that men very often have the feeling that in the beginning of the call they have to make sure or the meeting who's above and who's below. And who's the one saying something and who should say little? But I have the feeling, my experience, um, that this is not between men and women, right? So like um, in my meeting experiences, like when we were meeting at that one, we were meeting at eye level and it was around the topic. It was not about like you above me, um, I take little, you take a lot, right? It was like, okay, we are talking this topic and we can both challenge each other, but we... He, he did not have to like measure up with me or I had to measure up with him because it's something that like women very rarely do right that we try to like measure up right and like okay who like has the more saying and therefore I think like I very much also profited um, in some of the calls that I did not have to deal with the irrational part of like those discussions right that you also sometimes have 
So the the natural inclination you're talking here about for men to compete that they actually yes. they didn't compete with you. Yes. And so your experience was that they they listened more to what you had to say because they weren't busy yes. competing. Yes. I think like like on both sides I had the feeling we both um somehow silently agreed we are competing but we are on different fields and therefore we don't like need to take it to this rule right we we yeah. we go on this topic right that is something that I also experience mm. also interesting like you said actually I like caring about people's birthdays so I don't yes. care whether it's female or not like yes. this is something I care about so I will so yes. I will continue doing that and not be mad about who isn't doing yes. it naturally Yes, and it's the same in, in in our leadership team, right? Um, obviously, I'm sometimes the one like when I see in a meeting, okay, there's maybe something going on between like two people that I would afterwards maybe call them and say, hey, is there something going on? Is there a problem? What did happen? But I'm also not doing that because I feel obliged to it because I'm a woman because because like I I'm like um. I like harmony, right? I'm not sure if that like comes with like being born in July and being um, cancer, right? Because like that is like what you say about them that they lo- love harmony, but I love harmony, right? And therefore, like having a meeting where there's not harmony, right? Like that that is something that I'm that I don't wish the other ones for, right? And it's something that sometimes people are also saying that it would be negative about like women that they tend to like always want to have harmony. But actually, the experience is like every one of us wants to have harmony, right? Who who would who would love to have meetings where you don't have harmony at the end, or you agree on something that would somehow be strange, right? So I like to watch out of that for that. But I think it's like not driven by that I'm a woman, right? Or um, it's more driven that it's just like coming out of my character and how I um, like to interact with people. Mm. I'm a fellow cancer here and definitely know a lot of cancer who like who like harmony. So I don't know. I haven't done a scientific study about it. So we'd have to ask why. If you're a cancer that doesn't do like harmony, yes. let us know. Yes. Um, what what has been your hardest part of your career? Was there has there been a moment through your your work life and and being a, a grown up woman where you've you've struggled with yourself or with your power or with showing up um, I, I think it was like very much at the beginning actually of my career right because like the first job I did I was working in consulting um, and I um, needed to realize that I'm not made for this job right because I like I like to contribute and I like to be part and I always had the feeling like the project is somehow over at the moment where I would love to be still part of right where I would love to see what comes out of it but um, at least in Germany, I can say most people would say, sorry, it's your first job. You cannot cancel this job within your first six months, right? Like you need to stay, you need to stay for years, then you can look for something else. And I think that was like one of the toughest decisions that I had, right? To say, okay, no, like this is not, right? And already in my first job within the probation period, say, hey, I'm like, that that is not the thing that I want to do, right? So that was a tough one, but that also somehow, like, again, like, took me to the point to saying, okay, yeah, but that the decision was taken right, because I'm, like, ended up in a company where I've had the feeling I'm, like, part of the company, right, um, but, like, overall, on, like, as you're saying, like, being, like, as a grown-up woman, um, and, like, um, also, like, over the years, you get, like, a more balance, and you have, like, good feeling on, like, how yourself are feeling yourself, um, um, I can I can still say right I have those moments every month right um where where I have the feeling there's like you sit there in the evening and you have the feeling oh I have a test tomorrow because like you feel it in your chest right that something is not feeling confident and then then I like try to narrow it down so what is it that it right now makes me insecure right like because mostly it's like maybe you had a conversation on that day or maybe you know there's something somebody else is like asking you for weeks but you have not a real answer to that one um something you have the feeling I should have worked on but I didn't and I try to narrow it down to what it is and then again like try to take action on that one right like to like and, and to like to like somehow get it out right like and and maybe even say on things where I think okay maybe this person whatever like just take the action and approach right and then I already have the feeling okay I'm already on the right track and then it somehow it, it feels a bit of relief already from that moment right but like obviously we all have those moments of insecurity right and um, tiny things right um, and then it's just like on us like to 
get us back on track on saying, okay, like um, this is like we can handle it all. And I think that's the other thing. I'm like a strong believer that like, and again, right, I'm not a neurosurgeon. I don't like, there's no patient on the table. In the end, this is my job, right? It's a job, right? It's not defining my life. It's not like what I will tell my my grandchildren when I'm 80 years, right? Probably not, right? It will be the tiny moments of experiences. Therefore, sometimes I just also try to like settle myself down and say, okay, it's a job, right? As a CFO, you always worry about cash at the end of the year, right? You are always scared. It's, it's not enough. It's not in the right direction. You have to steer it. But in the end, right, like it's a job and I do my best, right, to get it done the best way, right? And if this hasn't worked out, right, then I try it best next time again, right? But it's not defining who I am. And I think that's also something that like, if you come to that resolution that like defining is like your friends, your family, um, if you are caring, not caring, how you watch out for other people, what is like what you believe in yourself, but it's not your job, right? It sounds like you have a very, you know, some very healthy instincts and also a nice balance between, you know, paying attention to your gut feeling, paying attention to your intuition and then moving into action. So you're kind of moving what I would call between masculine and, and feminine Um a lot yeah yeah i can tell you the only thing that always like um gets me completely out of track is like i'm somebody that never drinks coffee right so i like coffee in right is something i never have right and then from time to time you have those moments there was a dessert and but there was some matcha in or like or whatsoever right something where <laughs> i do not not evidently know it's coffee in and then I'm sitting at home and I, I have this feeling, right? I feel like my, my heart is beating, um, my foot is, I'm feeling like, oh my God, like, what did I forget? What What is like, I try to narrow down what is my problem because like I try to do my system, okay, what is going on? And I can't find nothing. And then at one point, ah, oh, the coffee, right? So like, because this is like somehow like the same rush that I feel when you have like the insecurities. It feels like the same, like for me, like having coffee when you never have coffee, right? Like Fascinating. Yes. Fascinating. I mean, I'm not a coffee drinker myself, but fascinating how the caffeine impacts your nervous system. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. I'm wondering if um, if you had to give three pieces of advice to women that, you know, they want to grow, they don't want to have to compromise the things that they feel matter. What what are the three pieces of advice you have to to women who, you know, who want to have it all, whatever all means to them? Mm. So I think one advice can I give, um, look out for a mentor that is around you, right? Because I had those ones in my life, right? And that were not only female ones, that were also male ones, right? That were people that gave me advice, right? That said things like, um, try to not be the busy bee, right? Like, or like try to take a bigger picture, right? So that is like one advice that I can give you. And the other wise is like, be open on sharing um, your perspectives and your dreams and that you have on yourself because like just like on a work balance right that is something that I um, always experience right when there came the point that I had the feeling I have to move on and I have to see something different right I try to communicate that very early because like your boss can never within a month right change the world for you right but within six to 12 months he obviously right um, has the chance like to see the opportunities right so also like somehow start planning a bit of an advance right and the other thing that i can only say with um looking at like when i did my bigger change um definitions um i did them when the sunday evening felt bad right when sunday evening i was already thinking uh don't want to go there tomorrow right like so therefore like I, I said okay I, I I that is the moment like uh, I want to leave the door and the other one is like also like be super open on your insecurities right like it just like makes you more human you're more empathetic um, and like we all know it's not perfect and you realize your peers actually feel the same right and therefore it like somehow um, takes away the the big trauma right about some insecurities because you realize everybody has them great advice and and i think that second piece of um kind of like plan the change before you're ready for it is so mm -hmm. important because i think we can definitely hesitate and going i'm not ready yet i'm not ready yet mm -hmm. um and then when we finally speak up about it we're like 
I was ready yesterday. And it's like, well, now it's going to take another year before anything changes. So yes. I think that's a, that's a great, great one um, that not a lot of people will talk about. Um, I have one last question. But before we go to that, if if people listening want to connect with you, what's the best way to, to find you, to connect with you? Probably the easy one would be reaching out on LinkedIn, right? And on LinkedIn, they won't find Canu, they will find Catherine. Catherine Osa, exactly. Yes, right. <laughs> we will put the link in. But everyone calls you Canu, so they can yes. they can message you and call you Canu. Obviously, obviously, yes. <laughs> Very much. I'm curious, I didn't ask you this beforehand, but I'm curious whether, um, and, and this could probably be a whole hour in and of itself, but um, as a CFO, as someone who's been ambitious and, you know, gotten new roles, and like you said, it wasn't about the next role, it was about the learning and the growth. So often women are paid less than men. And so often we don't ask for enough money. We don't even ask for the pay rise. Um, do you have any advice? Have you had any learnings along the way about yeah. how to get paid better? Mm -hmm. I think like the nice thing is at one point in your career, right? You have had headhunters that are somehow taking that over for you, right? So mm -hmm. that is like always, and you have then also like a good peer group on like where you know, okay, like what is like salaries are looking like. So you have a better understanding on that. But actually the advice can that I can only give, right? Um, there's actually the, the only answer that could happen if you ask for too high is is that somebody says no but like the offer would be this this and this right like then nobody would say hey no here out of the door right everybody would like start the negotiation on that so like it would be wasted to not ask what what is in there right um and um, in most cases this will not even happen right because like in most cases like it's just like you asking for something high right and you end up higher with like what you would have expected for that one right so like there, I like the concept of your internal partner, right? The, the best alternative to your negotiated circle. So you set yourself, but you say, okay, this is like what I would sign up for that one, right? And then you like put something on top, right? And then I'm pretty sure you end up with what you what what you um, deserve. So maybe we should all go to the Middle East and be in the markets and be used to people yes. saying no yes. <laughs> and, yes. and exactly. that negotiation. So basically the, the pieces don't be afraid to, to get the no. And that comes from someone who likes the harmony. Yes. But so you've learned to be okay, okay in pain yeah. negotiations. It's, it's yeah. good if they say no. Yes, exactly. But, yes. Got it. That's very helpful. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And I would love it if you would rate and review the show as it really does help other women to find it more easily. Remember, no matter what's going on around you, it only takes a single breath to start grounding back into your power. So let's take a breath. Feel your power and go spread the magic.